Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Beyond the Body. I'm your host, Christina Slater, and today we're joined by Brittany Burgess. Hello, everybody. So today's topic is a popular one lately, and we're going to be talking about muscle soreness, specifically muscle soreness from your workouts. Definitely has been a topic in my life lately. I just started a new training phase and I've been pretty freaking sore. And Brittany, you just, if we were just discussing, you've been feeling the same way, right? Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how many of you guys have done a workout and being so incredibly sore the next day that you can barely walk or move. Like walking up the stairs is a challenge. Walking down the stairs is a challenge. Sitting on the toilet is a challenge. And like, honestly, if you were someone who is more of an advanced lifter or someone who trains regularly, you can almost feel like you're proud of how sore you are. But if you're someone who is new to the gym, new to working out, or you have a job or a life that requires you to physically be able to move properly, being that sore can definitely be a problem. Not to mention the massive negative effect it can have on the rest of your training if you're that sore. Mm -hmm. Like It's absolutely going to affect your performance and your ability to work out intensely, which is a massive (laughs) determinant in progress um, in fitness when it comes to the intensity in which you can train at. So... Mm -hmm. Today, we are going to talk about why we get sore, what we can do about it, some common mistakes to avoid when trying to alleviate the soreness from training, and really just provide you guys with a little more information around the subject. And muscle soreness can affect like anybody, like absolutely anybody, like from beginners to advanced lifters, like you were just saying yourself, like you're struggling and like you're not a beginner and you're struggling with muscle soreness, like you started a new program. Um, beginners that come into this as well, they're not used to putting that much stress to their muscles. So of course, they're going to be so, so sore. And if you take some time off as well, like for myself, for example, finding out I was pregnant, I obviously took some time off from the gym just a little bit with my first trimester, just was not feeling myself, took some time off literally only probably about two and a half months off. And I was just saying to Christina that I just did my first official workout again on Tuesday this week. And it's three days later. And I'm going to say probably four days later by tomorrow. And I am literally so freaking sore. Like literally can't sit down. I am struggling going down the stairs. And like, again, like, and I only took about two months off, but that's the problem. Like when you take time off, your muscles, they just get used to you just chilling and taking time off and you're not working out. And that's same with, and I find it affects beginners the worst because they're starting out working out and they feel how sore they are. They're like, oh my God, like, this is awful. Like, I don't want this to continue. 
And then they stop working out and then they, you know, try and start up again, like two weeks later when they feel better. But of course you're going to be super sore again. Unfortunately, you got to push through that pain. And like, we're going to go over some, some tips and tricks to relieve that. So you don't have to continue to go through that cycle. Yes, absolutely. And the, the phenomenon of being sore after a workout is commonly called DOMS. So delayed onset muscle soreness. And like Brittany just said, it is most commonly going to hit you the hardest in these two scenarios, which is either when you first start training or Mm -hmm. when you um, come back to training after a significant amount of time off. In which case, like Brittany said, like it can hit you after almost every training session if you're just getting back into it. Or for more like advanced to intermediate lifters or athletes like myself, when there's a change in your training. So like I just started my pre-contest training to compete and like my workouts changed. Like it's not like I'm doing anything astronomically different, but they changed pretty significantly. And that was the most sore I've been honestly in probably two years when it comes to actual like muscle soreness, right? And there are going to be factors that contribute to the severity of it. Genetics do definitely play a role. But of course, the biggest factor is exercise-induced muscle damage, especially new exercise, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be weightlifting. Usually, we'll be talking about this in regards to weightlifting. But even athletes, um, runners, hockey players, soccer players, swimmers, like any type of exercise can cause this because exercise in general causes like the release of metabolites that lead to things like inflammation, swelling, soreness, right? And like, honestly, it could, you, like you were saying, like it affect anybody, like you don't have to just be lifting weights and working out. And like, it could literally be, you know, yeah, you're not an avid gym goer and you, you went on a hike with some buddies like on the weekend and you usually don't do that and put your body through that type of stress. I guarantee you will be sore as shit the next day. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know Brittany wants to talk about the the aspect of like making sure you are warmed up for your exercise sessions. Because if, if one thing that I think will resonate with a lot of people is if you're someone who plays like recreational softball, because I know that's a popular thing. <laughs> basically, yeah. what happens when you're an adult is you... The typical adult does fuck all all year long. Maybe throws yes. in a couple <laughs> exercise classes. And then like summertime comes and we all sign Your up for league, beer yeah. league softball. <laughs> yeah. And we don't warm up. And we just fucking sprint to first base. And we yeah. blow out our fucking like <laughs> muscles, right? And yeah. Even for me, like I'm someone who trains regularly. I wouldn't say I do like sprints regularly, but yeah. and I hate, I fucking hate, hate softball. But when I did play, <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I did warm up and like even just sprinting the bases, my yes. groin was so sore <laughs> because it's a new exercise to me. Like I don't typically sprint. <laughs> yeah. And most people don't even think about that. Like, that, like perfect example, like a beer league, like you don't, if you don't do anything the whole year and then come, you know, summertime, you have beer league, freaking sweet. Like the first thing you're thinking of is probably not, I should probably warm up before I play. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. Yeah. But um, same thing with like your, your lifting sessions or any type of exercise. Like you don't have to spend hours and hours warming up. Like a lot of people think they need to do a 20, 30 minute oh, yeah. warm up. And again, it's, it is going to depend on your level of fitness and like what type of exercise you're doing. But if you're someone who's like going to the gym for a, a workout at the gym, like I literally spend probably five minutes warming up. So do I like five to 10. That's literally all you need. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you just got to warm them up. 
Yeah. And when it when it comes to DOMS and the soreness you get from training, there is a positive aspect to it. Okay. Like being sore is not necessarily a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. And if you are never sore after your training, the reality is you're probably not training intentionally enough or intensely enough. Okay. Yes, That's not to say exactly. that you have to be sore all the time or that like you're not sore enough. But the reality is like, like Brittany just kind of mentioned at the beginning, no matter who you are, how, what kind of athlete or how long you've been training, you will be sore from exercising to a degree. Yes. And it's completely normal. I feel like it's, it's something that is not, you can't just avoid it. Like there's no magic pill to take that. Like, Oh, you're not going to be freaking sore, but like we're going to talk about today. Like there's ways to relieve it. Right. Like there's not, you're not going to, I'm not going to promise you that, you know, these tips, you're not going to be sore. Like I promise, like, no, you probably are going to be sore, but make sure that you do these things that we're going to be talking about to, you know, alleviate that pain. It's normal. It is what it is. Yeah. I I love that. And one of the biggest things with training in general is it is truly very challenging to overtrain, but it's really freaking easy to under recover. Right. And if you're sore all the time, you're under recovering. Yes. (laughs) But another important thing too, and I I think this myth has been busted for most people in the real world, but your level of soreness does not determine how effective your workout was, right? Because your body's going to adapt, right? And the more it adapts, the more stress physically your body's going to be able to handle over time. So at some point, you're going to be able to do more and be less sore, which is great. That's kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's being sore is not a measure of progress or effectiveness of training. And like I've had, and I'm sure you have, like I've had killer workouts, like an amazing workout where I absolutely just slay the whole workout. And I woke up the next day and I was completely fine. Yep. I definitely. still knew that I still had a killer workout the day before. But because like I woke up and I was okay and I wasn't sore, it doesn't mean that it was that that workout was diminished and it it, it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the the biggest drawback with DOMS, and this is the biggest one with like our clients for sure too, is mm-hmm. the amount it can negatively impact your performance in other workouts. Yes. Which I mean, it's super important to make sure that you're training is periodized properly to allow for that proper adaptation where like Mm -hmm. you will get sore. You'll probably be a lot sore the first week, a little bit less the second week, less the third week. And then it's going to come to a point where like your performance is going to go up because you're not so sore, which is great because the more you can perform and the higher intensity um, and the more strength you have to some degree, the better your results are going to be. It's also critical to make sure that your training split is right for you and right for your goals, right? So the that just means like the body parts that you're training on certain days because to some degree, higher frequency training can lead to more or less DOMS depending on who you are and what you're training for. So some people, if you only train maybe three times a week, you're going to want to train more body parts so that you can hit everything yeah. in those three workouts. If you're someone who trains five times a week, you can probably split it up a little bit more. So like maybe you're focusing on like quads and glutes on one day. Mm. But I do think the whole like bro split of like chest, shoulders, (laughs) like that isn't 
the best um, <laughs> split for, for most people because most natural athletes need more frequency than hitting a muscle once a week. Exactly. And then with that too, like, it just makes sense and it's obvious, but you all, you also do not want to be training this, those muscles. Like say you train like your legs on Monday, you're not going to want to train them again on the friggin' Tuesday. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like I see that, like I see a lot of like when going to the gym, you know, you see regulars and you see people there all the time and it's mostly, and I'm not like judging, but it's it's mostly men, but I feel like they're always like crushing chest and they're always (laughs) crushing, you know, biceps. And I'm like, man, didn't you just do that yesterday? (laughs) I, I don't get it, but but yeah, we got to make sure that you're not training the same things back to back to back because one, you're not going to see progress because you're not giving your muscles time long enough to friggin' heal and recover properly. And you're going to be sore as shit. <laughs> yeah. And like, bro, if you can train chest and biceps back to fucking back, you obviously didn't do it right. Exactly. <laughs> like like you, you said you see with guys, like I actually see it more with girls who only fucking train their ass. What? I know. That too. It's like, man, that ass isn't going anywhere. (laughs) Your muscles don't grow the more you fucking work them out. Like they grow when you get a proper stimulus and then you recover. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So now that we kind of explained what it is, how it works, the biggest thing to avoid when it comes to trying to reduce your muscle soreness, because it can actually hinder muscle growth is taking over-the-counter anti-inflammatories for DOMS. So things like aspirin, ibuprofen, Advil, naproxen, Motrin, Aleve, those types of drugs, they can actually negatively influence muscle protein synthesis, which means basically building muscle. If you take them once in a while, no, it's not going to make a big difference. But if you are regularly taking them for your sore muscles from working out, it will affect things in a, in a negative way. And I feel like a lot of people, that's what they, especially beginners, that's what they reach for. Like they think mm-hmm. that that's the end all be all and they reach for that. And meanwhile, it's actually doing them like harm, yeah. like in their, in their progress, in their recovery. Yeah. And like, I probably take that too, literally. <laughs> like I do not take <laughs> pills. Like I, like Brendan has to fucking force me to take I don't either. an Advil. I'm like, nope, don't need it. Cause I trained legs and like, I'm not getting that. <laughs> No, I don't. Like, no, I'm not taking it. I literally have to be dying. I agree. But like, of course, if you are in acute pain or you actually have an injury, definitely those are like things to take. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But again, another thing to note is all of those drugs will also very likely negatively impact your gut health, especially if taken on a regular basis. And if you're taking them on a regular basis and you're taking them, and this is why I try to avoid taking any medication, to be honest with you, even well, right now I can't take anything, but before, like even for headaches and stuff like that, like I wasn't taking anything because when you, when you you take something so often your body becomes accustomed to it. And then in the end, it's not even doing anything for you anyways. <laughs> exactly. Like melatonin, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your body will naturally produce melatonin, but the more... Yeah regularly you take it to help you sleep, the more like yeah. dependent your body's going to come. You have to take more and more and more until it basically just stops working. Exactly. So take it only when you like absolutely freaking need it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now that we've addressed what not to do. <laughs> um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's go into... So I kind of have this in my head broken into two categories. So I want to talk about 
strategies and tools to reduce muscle soreness and then supplements that can also help. Um, Okay. So the first one that I have is to apply heat. Okay. So heat is typically better than ice again, unless it's an acute injury. Okay. Because heat is actually going to pull all that nutrient rich blood to the affected area and promote healing. Whereas ice is actually going to do the opposite. It's like going to freeze it, right? It's going to not pull any blood there. But ice is definitely something you're going to want to do if it's like a broken ankle or a sprained ankle or anything that's like an acute injury. You're definitely going to want to go for the ice. However, there's also like research to suggest that alternating heat and ice can also be beneficial as well. So it does kind of depend on what's going on there, but heat is usually not a, not never a bad option unless it's an acute injury. Man, I'll tell you since my like day on Tuesday, I've been literally sitting on a heating pad. (laughs) (laughs) Like what the heck, but it's helping. Like it's, it's helping for sure. And it feels so much better after, but I'm literally (laughs) sitting on a heating pad. What happened? Yeah, heating pads are awesome. Or like those I love beanbag things you can heat up. Oh, it's so fun. I love them all. Mm-hmm. Hot bath or Epsom salt bath. I know that's your favorite. Oh my God, my freaking favorite. I'm having like literally two a day right now. I don't know if that's extreme, but baths right now, like don't get in my way of my freaking bath. Like it just feels so good. Like I don't think I have any negative things to say about a bath. <laughs> Kind of the same as applying heat. Yeah, well, it is right. Like, obviously, make sure the water is not like freaking scorching hot, but like a nice, like warm hot bath. Throw those freaking salts in there. It's unreal. Like, I always feel so much better when I get out of the bath. Mm -hmm. And the next one too. I just had one of these yesterday, which is fantastic because I've been injured. Um, I haven't been injured lately, but I, because of how severe my injury was, I like was afraid to have anyone touch my body, but that mm-hmm. is a massage. Yes. I could go for one of those right now, to be honest. Yeah. If you are someone who takes your training seriously, yeah. like all of our clients, we recommend they get a massage at least once a month. Because if you're training four to five times per week regularly, you yeah. need to be taking care of your body. Like even if you train perfectly, which most people don't, you're still going to get like knots. You're still going to like, if you sleep wrong, again, we like when we sleep, everything gets all fucked up, <laughs> especially if you're getting older. So massages should be like an essential part of your care for yourself, even just like once a month. Yeah. That's one thing I sleep on. I lack, I don't, I honestly cannot remember the last time I got a massage. <laughs> to be honest, I've done some research this past little bit. You need um, to into pre, Yeah. Prenatal massage and stuff like that. And like, that is on my list of freaking things to do. I, it's been like probably three years since I've had a massage and that what? is no good. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's like the saddest thing considering how like intense I was training and I was working out so much. Like I literally, I think it's been three years. Please. Yeah, you need to go. You should go like next yeah. month, man. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'll get one in Mexico. <laughs> I do find it's challenging to find like good practitioners. Like, I don't know. I'm picky with my massage. And in Fort Mac, it's like slim pickings with any type of practitioner up here because no one wants to live here. <laughs> um, yeah. So it can be... I know like some most people have it covered through like their insurance. But it can also be frustrating if you like try a couple of people, you don't like them, you waste all your insurance money, you know? But I still recommend like massages. So, so helpful. 
you know, it's on my list of things to do now. <laughs> I need one. Um, next up, we have foam rolling or light stretching. Yes, roll it out, baby. Mm-hmm. Just be mindful. Again, a lot of people think, oh my God, I'm so sore. I need to stretch. I need to stretch more. I need to stretch more. I need to stretch more. You probably don't need to stretch more. You can definitely overstretch. And if your muscles, like especially if you're someone who's new to working out or getting back into it, sore muscles are usually weak muscles. Okay. So when you stretch a muscle, if you overstretch it and it's already a very weak muscle, it's not going to help you. So often you actually need to strengthen that muscle. So we just want to say like light stretching, not overstretching, not 20 minutes stretching your hamstrings if they hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> like two stretches, hold them for a minute, then do it again. Like that's good. That's enough. Like no more than that. The same like like stretching before you work out. Like it's only you only you don't need like a whole huge half an hour ordeal. Like like we said, like five, 10 minutes. That's the same for, you know, using a foam roller and doing your static stretching after your workout, like you really don't need to spend any more than 10 minutes, you know, 15 minutes, if it's whatever at most really. (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm going to be honest. I spend, I spend about five minutes warming up for my workouts and I spend less than five minutes stretching less than I stretch almost every day, unless I'm in like a massive, massive hurry. And I literally stretch the muscle groups that I trained and I stretch like two times for 30 seconds. Like that's literally all I do. Yeah. And I haven't had any major issues. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you don't need to have a whole like 30 minute. Like, I feel like people don't, they're like, oh, I don't have time for stretching before or after. Or I, I need to get it done. Well, you don't need to worry about doing that. <laughs> so you really only need like like five minutes at most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one is, is probably the one we should have talked about first because it's definitely the most important. Hands down, hands down. And that is sleep. Oh God, sleep. <laughs> yes. Sleep quality, because... sleep duration. I feel like we've talked about this in a lot of our podcasts lately. Yes. But like sleep is so, so good for you. It's so important. It's like literally it's what we like our life revolves around. Like if we have a shit sleep, like it affects everything in your body. And that goes for your recovery and your muscle soreness as well. Especially, especially and like in the episode about, honestly, I can't remember what it was called, but we we're talking about like the scale and things that can affect the scale. And like Brittany knows this week for us at Cut and Conquer has been like fucking so, so busy. busy. Like we've had a lot of new clients join and like new program changes and just like a lot going on. So it's been like a high stress week for both of us. And like, I know for me, my sleep suffered a little bit. And I also, again, mm-hmm. just started like my pre-contest new diet training and everything. And like, I was dialed in. I'm like, I'm definitely going to be down in weight this week. Like for sure. I'm definitely going to be down. Wasn't down at all. Like mm-hmm. exact same weight. I'm like, there's literally no way scientifically because I've been on point. And then the next night exactly. I slept for nine hours, which is un- like unheard of for oh. me. Woke up the next morning, almost almost six pounds lighter, which is a lot for me. Holy shit, eh? Yeah. So that is That's how powerful real. sleep That's is. That's crazy. That's like me right now. Like I'm dealing with some pregnancy insomnia bullshit. It is what it is. I'm just, I'm taking it night night by night at this point. But when I'm not sleeping, I like last night, I remember laying and just like staring at the ceiling for literally three hours. Like I, I watched the clock and I was wide awake. Like I felt like I could have went on like a, a job. It affected my day so much today. Like I was in like my energy has been low. I felt like I was in like a total, like just floating all day long. Like it literally affects 
absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's freaking true. Next up. So this one, I won't go too in depth on because to be honest, like I have never done it and I don't know a ton about it, but I have been reading a lot about it. I've been seeing it a lot. There's new studies out on the benefits and it is red light therapy or like infrared saunas, um, which okay. I know is a little more unconventional and maybe not everyone has access to those or especially easy access. But kind of like from what I've been hearing and learning is it can basically just help with the recovery process, especially especially with areas that have less blood flow. Or if you're someone who's had... Like when I was reading about this, I'm actually like really inclined to go try because I've had like this... I've had an injury in my back for the last like two years and it's definitely getting better, but it's not perfect. I'm like, man, what can I do? What can I do? So I'm actually inclined to try it because areas, especially around like ligaments, tendons, areas that like don't get a lot of blood flow can benefit from red light therapy. As, or another thing was they can help... It can help heal like scars and scar tissue. So those types of things. Yes. Um, Do you know much about it? Because I don't know a ton, yeah. but I've heard a lot of good things. <laughs> so it's funny because I haven't done it in a while, but I used to. So I have vitiligo on my face and my neck. Mm-hmm. So that is... I don't hold... So it's pretty much what Michael Jackson had. <laughs> okay. So... I don't hold pigment on my neck or there's certain spots on my face. And you can really tell in the summertime when I'm tanned because those spots on my face are completely bright white because they're obviously not tanning. Like even if I put makeup on them, they, they had take, they like suck it in and like, there's no pigment to it at all. So I was, yeah. So I was doing a, And this was my fault because I didn't keep up with it. But I started and I was reading on it that red light therapy can help with that because it helps with the wrinkles, the scars, redness, acne, other skin conditions, Um, vitiligo. Actually, the girl that I was talking to about actually had vitiligo and she did it for, I think, probably about a year and it like shrunk her vitiligo. So I was like, oh, well, like, let's try it. And I didn't do it enough. I started it. And it's honestly super relaxing, super chill. I really enjoyed it. I just, unfortunately, I didn't do it enough. But I have seen, like, I've seen, like, cases where it has worked. So it's definitely something to look into, especially if you, um, not just muscle soreness, but if you do have, like, you know, a skin condition or you have a problem with acne and, you know, scars, wrinkles and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like it would be... It's definitely more of on the extreme end. So I would probably, I'm just thinking, recommend it more so for like competitive athletes recovery or like you mentioned, like skin conditions, that type of thing. Because I think Mm -hmm. that a typical person can probably get away with using other methods and be fine. Yeah. I'm definitely definitely inclined to try it just because I've had like that injury in my back for almost two years now. No, I would totally check it out. And actually like my gym offers it now at my gym used to just do tanning. And then now all of a sudden we have a red light therapy bed. I'm like, oh, that's freaking so sweet. So some gyms do have it, but you can go like places that you can go tanning usually have a, like a red light therapy bed now. I'm going to look into it if Fort Mac has it here. I feel like they do somewhere. I just don't know where. There's got to be one somewhere. If you guys have like tanning salons and stuff, like we do, we do. And I know at one of them, there's like a pod thing. I don't know if it's a red light pod or some other type of pod. Just another pod. (laughs) No, I definitely check it out because it was, it's, it's definitely interesting. (laughs) 
All right. So let's talk a little bit about supplements to help with DOMS. So again, like Brittany and I always say, make sure you do consult your doctor or your medical professional before starting. Just in case you do have any underlying issues, you always want to get checked out, get your doctor's approval and or get blood work done just to be on the safe side. If you are eating like a healthy balanced diet, you probably don't need many supplements, but you could also have a deficiency, which is something you would want to figure out. Yes. <laughs> so when it comes to building muscle, reducing muscle pain, the very most first and most important thing is make sure you are eating enough and make sure you are eating enough protein. Yes. Protein is huge, like a huge. And I feel like most beginners, it's funny, like that you, th- you think that you eat a lot of protein. Like I feel like a lot of people that don't work out or track macros or anything, they think that they eat like a sufficient amount of protein, but when they actually sit down and look at, and, you know, they start a program and they have a coach and they're looking at their, you know, their macros and you know, what their daily intake is right now, their protein isn't nearly high enough of where it should be. Yeah, exactly. Cause people think that protein, I mean, that peanut butter is a high protein food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. And again, I know everyone's wondering, well, how much protein should I eat? And I'm going to give you the answer that you don't want to hear. And it's that everyone is so very different. (laughs) Um, It really depends on who you are, (laughs) what your goals are, how much you're training, like so many things, right? Oh, yeah. Like I've heard people also say that you need to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And that's such bullshit because if you're 300 pounds and you're excessively overweight, you definitely do not need to be eating 300 fucking grams of protein. Like, I don't know why people in the fitness industry say that because it's so fucking untrue. I don't know. I've heard that too, but no, it doesn't make any sense. So don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay. Fish oils definitely also can be beneficial, like omega-3s, anything like that, because they are anti-inflammatories, basically. Fish oils are great. Mm -hmm. There's like so many other good health benefits with them as well. You just want to make sure you're getting a quality source. The thing with supplements is there's a lot of shitty ones out there. Mm -hmm. And I know that some supplements can be pricey, but if you're going to spend the money and you're going to take them, you might as well get a good quality supplement. Otherwise, you're literally wasting your time. I was just going to say, especially with that stuff, there's some things that you can't chint out on. And like that supplements, like if you're going to buy it, buy the good stuff. L-glutamine, another one that can be beneficial. It's not going to be like a magic fix by any means, but there is research that suggests it helps with muscle recovery and muscle soreness. It's a non-essential amino acid, but it is connected to faster and more efficient muscle recovery. I do do find when I take it, I'm less sore, slightly. Yeah. Slightly. I'm obviously not taking any of that stuff right now, but <laughs> I was taking it and I, I, I thought it helped for sure. Like I don't, um, cause I wasn't taking it all the time. So when I was taking it, I, I definitely noticed a difference for sure. But, um, turmeric as well can be really helpful. Another like natural anti-inflammatory. I love turmeric. Do you like turmeric? Honestly, I don't personally. I don't take it for some reason. It makes my stomach like upset, which is weird because like almost nothing other than dairy makes my stomach upset. Like dairy, vegan protein, and turmeric. Really, I eh? yeah. So, but weird. I do. I do like the taste of it. I just like it. Literally makes my stomach like I don't know. Like get all fucked up. <laughs> you know, it's so great, and I actually haven't done it in a while. And now that we're talking about this, I feel like I want to start it up again. And it's perfect at nighttime because it's just like, like you're just ready for bed. I'll do the, I don't know if you've heard of like golden milk. So it's yes. like turmeric milk. 
Oh yes. my God. So it's like, you can do like one or two cups of like dairy or dairy free. I would do like, <clears throat> like almond milk or whatever, and then ground turmeric, cinnamon, black pepper. And then you can put like, I think there was something else you put in there, but I think that's all I did. And like, you would heat it up and it was so warm and so beautiful. And I would put like a little cinnamon stick in it. And I just felt mm-hmm. so good after like, mm, it was so yummy. And I have, I feel like I have the best sleep after too. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard of it and I have tried it too. And it was really good. I do like the taste. Yeah. I just, I don't usually use it, but there is a lot of research that talks about like the benefits of it and anti-inflammatory properties and goes more in depth onto like exactly what it does to help you. I think there's other health benefits as well, like when it comes to your your brain health and that sort of thing. So it's yes. definitely check with your doctor if you're unsure, but it definitely doesn't seem like something that would cause you any harm. No, Unless you're does. me and it makes your stomach all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the heck? So, but weird. <laughs> I've honestly, I've never heard of that happening to anyone but myself. I, would, I was just gonna say, I've never heard of that, but yeah. you never know. You never know. <laughs> and it's not like it makes me like sick or anything. It just basically gives me a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so weird. And this one is um, one that helped me a lot, and that was CBD oil. Yes. So I wouldn't say, in my personal experience, that it helped significantly with DOMS specifically, Mm -hmm. but it did help a lot when I had my back injury. In fact, it was the only thing that helped me. Of course, that was slightly more of like an acute injury, but it was the only thing that made a difference. Even like I was prescribed like extreme painkillers and like they didn't even do anything for me. CBD oil is fantastic. I think CBD, anything to be honest with you, I think we talked about this before, but even like I've combined like having a nice hot bath and using, they have like CBD like bath bombs and like they have different CBD stuff that you put in the freaking bath with you, like CBD salts and stuff like that. And it is unreal. Like if you have not experienced CBD oil, you should definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't make you high. Like a lot of people nope, think that. Um, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> And as long as there's like no THC in it, I know some people who live in Fort Mac are like nervous because if you work out on site, you can't have like certain things in your system. So just like check the label on the CBD oil to be sure. (laughs) Yeah. But usually, yeah, the CBD and people are always so nervous, like, oh, I don't want to get high. But like, no, if it's like 100% CBD, there's literally no THC in it. You are completely fine. (laughs) Yeah. And if you are like super, super nervous, you can get like the topical lotion as well. Yes. I mm-hmm. haven't tried it personally, but I've heard good things about that. I haven't either. I think my mom has. I think my mom has. But I have also heard really good things about that. And I'm I'm curious about it, to be honest. <laughs> so those are the only things that I had. Do you have anything else for it? Yes. And just make sure... I don't know if we touched on this. And it's. it feels like it's a very obvious thing. But I feel like it's also not a very obvious thing. But make sure you are staying hydrated. Yes. Again, yes. hydrated. When it comes to muscle recovery, dehydration is one of your biggest enemies. And I feel like a lot of people, they're not drinking enough water, especially if you are working out as hard as you do, or you know, water is just something that sits on the back burner and you don't really think about it. But hydration is absolutely freaking key to help with your muscle recovery. Yeah. And it's going to help you with everything. Like when my clients don't drink enough water and they check in, I'm literally like, what the fuck are you doing? Because it's the easiest thing to do. Like it literally requires no work other than to put the bottle to your mouth and fucking drink it. Yeah. And then once you start, like once you get into a good routine and like, if you're not used to drinking water, it is hard to like get on that bandwagon and like drink water. Like I feel like most people, 
unfortunately, like they're just drinking like a liter a day, right? And like that is not even remotely close to what you should be drinking. But once you get into a good routine of that and your you your body gets used to that and like used to you drinking, you know, three liters of water a day, it becomes second nature and you don't even think about it. Yeah. And you get so thirsty if you drink less than that. You yeah, do like, it does take your body time. Like you have to do it for two weeks. And you are going to yeah. pee a lot at the beginning, but your body will adapt. Like I drink six to eight liters a day almost sometimes. Like it's, I probably drink too much, but I'm used to it. So now if I drink like four yeah, liters, I'm like, like dying. That's the thing. You're just used to it. Yeah. Do you pee a lot? I do, okay. but I'm not like so an abnormal. <laughs> like it's not like it bothers me. Like I probably pee more than the average person, but not like a crazy amount. But I also right now, like I'm doing a lot of cardio and I'm training a lot. So I feel like I need to drink so much because I'm sweating like crazy and I sweat a lot as well. Yeah. Like, do you pee in the middle of the night? Not usually. But I no, also don't okay. I never sleep used as much to. as I... I probably don't sleep as much as I should. Yeah, so sure. I, I only have like a five-hour window. <laughs> True. <laughs> I know. True. You're only going like four hours. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> I get that. I feel it. <laughs> I know. But I am, I am really, really, really working on my sleep because I know it's like one of the biggest things that holds me back in any aspect. So like I have been really trying to work on it prioritize it girl yeah because like we talked about like so much lately it is so important one of the most important things in your life for your health for your working out your personal life social life your work life your mental health mental freaking health like your your health like everything like hormones everything so make sure you're prioritizing your freaking sleep yes all right so quick little summary before we tune out today too much muscle soreness is definitely a bad thing and it can cause a setback in your training. But like mild to moderate DOMS is not a bad thing at all. There are lots of ways you can naturally reduce it so that you can continue to train at that high intensity. No muscle soreness. The reality is you're probably not training hard enough. But again, the level of soreness you experience is not correlated to the effectiveness of your workout. There's lots of strategies you can use, lots of supplements you can try. Make sure your diet is also dialed in and that you're eating enough protein and enough food in general. I think that that pretty much sums it up, hey? Uh, Yeah, I think we touched on absolutely everything. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I do think you probably all got a lot of value from this one. So if you did, (laughs) take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story. Let us know what you learned. Let us know your biggest takeaway. Let us know that you were listening. We do honestly really love to see who is listening. Give us a tag at Nyfina, at B Burgess, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Beautiful. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.